edition of Speaking of Jung. Everything Jung wrote was based on an experience. Jungian psychology isn't about ideas, it's about experiences. This quarantine series is based on my personal experiences with interesting people. Joining us for the 18th episode in this series is the CEO of the BTS Army Help Center, Carla Postma Slabicorn in the Netherlands. A married mother of two, she works in finance as a mortgage specialist and devotes her spare time to supporting and encouraging fellow members of the BTS Army through the worldwide efforts of the Army Help Center. For the listeners who are not familiar with BTS, they are currently the most popular musical group in the world. They performed at this year's Grammy Awards, where they were nominated for Best Pop Duo or Group Performance. Two of their latest singles reached number one on the Billboard Hot 100 chart, and in December of last year, Time Magazine named them their 2020 Entertainer of the Year. BTS officially stands for Bangtan Sonyandan, which translates to Bulletproof Boy Scouts. In 2017, they changed the official acronym to Beyond the Scene, protecting youths from prejudice. The name signifies the group's desire to block out stereotypes, criticisms, and expectations that aim at adolescents like bullets. Fans of BTS are known as ARMY, which stands for Adorable Representative MC for Youth. Listeners of this podcast will recall that in 2019, we began a series of episodes with Jungian analyst Murray Stein in Zurich, Switzerland. It was when his book, Jung's Map of the Soul was trending on Twitter, as the title of BTS's comeback album, Map of the Soul Persona, was announced. Dr. Stein has joined us for seven episodes of Speaking of Jung, where we've discussed his book in episode 42, Jung's concept of the persona in episode 44, the shadow in episode 53, and the ego in episode 54, BTS's follow-up album, Map of the Soul 7, in episode 55, their Japanese album, Map of the Soul The Journey, in episode 67, and their latest album, B, in episode 77. Links to those episodes and Dr. Stein's new books about BTS, published in collaboration with Chiron Publications, can be found on Speaking of Jung's BTS page. The BTS Army Help Center, or AHC as it's called, was founded in 2018 when the original founder became aware of the pressures that Army was under. With the iHeart Music Awards show being one of the many award ceremonies that require massive online voting, Army dedicated every bit of their time in order to finish the daily voting quota, and some of them even gave up their sleep in doing so. This obviously has an effect on someone's mental health, and signs that some army were stressed out about this emerged on social media. Inspired by BTS's messages of self-love and radical kindness, an idea grew. 
It was to create an account with a small group of volunteers from around the world, preferably with a background in psychology or counseling, to try to take away a bit of the worries and stress from ARMY. AHC opened up their DMs and ARMY found them fast. So fast that the team of 10 people quickly grew to a large and diverse group of volunteers, currently over 200, from all around the world. With a team of dedicated members working together, AHC allowed the fandom to grow closer than ever by sharing their happiness, fears, and worries, not to forget the everlasting enthusiasm they have for BTS in whichever language they feel comfortable in. AHC's mission is to provide a listening ear to those who need one without providing therapy and to educate ARMY about mental health-related issues. In January 2020, AHC partnered up with Crisis Text Line, a text-based hotline further expanding their service to ARMY in need. The ARMY Help Center has 20 official Twitter accounts and an Instagram account. DMs are only open on Twitter for now. They are looking into expanding their services to Facebook, TikTok, and email, and are currently in the process of training new volunteers to help with the goals they've set out for themselves, and they are also working on creating a website. On top of this community is a management team led by our guest today, Carla Postma-Slavicorn, who serves as CEO. Other members of the management team are Tiffany Helton in the USA, who is their HR manager, Deborah Koningferander, help me out, Carla. Koningferander. In Ireland, who serves as CFO, Rupal Kora in India, who serves as the psychology manager, Tanzila Khan, is that correct? Mm-hmm. In India, yep. who's their content manager. Esmi El Mansari mm-hmm. in Morocco, who serves as project manager. Sharon Mailankai in Indonesia, who serves as public relations and account manager, Indonesia. And mm-hmm. Laura Devis Torres in Spain, who serves as public relations and account manager in Spanish. In December 2020, it was estimated that over all the accounts of AHC, they received 30,000 direct messages. Please visit the website speakingofyoung.com where you will find links to everything discussed in this episode in the show notes. This interview is being recorded on Wednesday, May 12th, 2021 through the magic of Skype. Hi, Carla. Hi, Laura. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us here today for this very special episode that Oh, we should have done a long time ago. And it is actually coinciding with a huge time in the world of BTS as they have announced that they have a new single coming out on the 21st of this month called Butter. Butter, yes, yes. Thank you for having me, uh, first and foremost. And uh, and yes, we are gearing up to uh, a new song and uh, uh, album, I, I guess, uh, for BTS. So we're looking forward to that, definitely. So we want to talk about BTS, but we're really here today to talk about the BTS Army Help Center. Mm-hmm. So I read that really long intro to give the listeners who are not familiar 
background with why BTS has been such a big part of Speaking of Jung. Mm -hmm. It has become such a big part that I've created a separate page on Speaking of Jung's website dedicated just to BTS and to all the BTS episodes we've done and material. But this is all in thanks to you because you were the first person to reach out to me yeah, and I know I've, yeah, I've told this story before, but I'm going to tell it again. And then I'd like to hear your side of it. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I've always known who Murray Stein was, because he's probably one of the most famous, if I could use that word, Jungian analysts in the world. He used to live here in the United States, here in Chicago, and he relocated to Zurich, Switzerland. And uh, actually, the, the first time I met him was in Zurich at his office in 2015. And I'd always known about his book, Jung's Map of the Soul. So I was on Twitter one day and I, I, I like to be on Twitter on my computer. And so I had my big web browser open and over on the side, it shows you what's trending. And it said Map of the Soul. And I saw that was trending and I thought, what? <laughs> and I immediately thought of Dr. Stein's book, Jung's Map of the Soul. And I thought, no, it doesn't have anything to do with that. And then I saw it again, and I thought, I'm going to reach out to him and, and let him know, because I, I like to do that. And hey, mm -hmm. look at this. So before I got a chance to do that, I got a DM, and I mentioned DMs before. For those who are not familiar, on Twitter, you can send someone a private message directly. So it's called a direct message, or DM for short. And you sent me one introducing yourself and... I don't even remember what it said. It was, it seems like it was so long ago now. It was two years ago. Do you remember? Two years ago. I, I remember, I remember clearly what, what it was because, um, of course, we are, uh, like you said in your, in your, uh, in, in your perfect intro, uh, that we are uh, a group based uh, with a lot of psychologists. We do have a lot of psychologists on our team and a lot of uh, students of psychology. So they are, uh, I don't have background in psychology at all or in Jungian uh, theory either. You know, that's all foreign to me. But they were aware of the book Map of the Soul by Dr. Stein. Uh, so when the name of the album from BTS dropped, um, I had a lot of... Uh, volunteers who were geeking out a little bit. They were really enthusiastic and like, oh my God, this is the book. And, you know, we, we already knew it was being sold on the big hit website, you know, the company for BTS. Uh, so we knew that and they were really enthusiastic and, you know, and, and I always call them my smart people. They were like, you know, talking really fast and being really enthusiastic. So I said, okay, we as a group of volunteers of ARMY who are interested in psychology and mental health uh, maybe this is an opportunity for us to do something with that uh, maybe we can explain a little bit what is you know the work of Carl Jung you know in layman terms to army who are probably unfamiliar with um, you know anything regarding that so they were immediately storming off and brainstorming and and since I don't have a background in, in this at all I just gave them a Google Drive to work on. And I also said, okay, what else can I do to contribute to this project? So the plan was to just reach out to people I could find uh, and ask them, okay, if we explained a little bit about this and ARMY wants to know more about the subject, 
where should they go? What are some resources we can provide them with? Where, where should they go to read more about it? Where can they learn more if it's something that interests them? Uh, so I went on a search and I, one of the first people I found was you, uh, because you of course have this podcast and, uh, you know, I, I listened to it, uh, and at first it was a little bit overwhelming to me because I don't have that background. Sure. <laughs> so, uh, I, I just thought, okay, I'm just going to send you a message and ask you like, okay, what if someone wants to learn more, but has no prior knowledge of this subject, where should they start? And do you have maybe an episode which you could recommend where they can start for younger people? Because I know uh, Jungian psychology is not necessarily something a lot of young people are really interested in. Right. I mean, traditionally, I think yeah. it's also you that explained that to me as well, um, that nor yeah, usually people tend to be a bit... Um, bit older than the typical army is, I think. Of course, there's no age limit to being an army. But um, we're, if we're talking about 20, 25, you know, that's not normally the target group for right. Jungian psychology. Right, and I, I would just psychology. like to, yeah, I'd just like to jump in here to clarify. It's just that Jung psychology is typically for people who are in the second half of life because it deals with second half of life issues. But uh -huh. that's not necessarily true is what I've been told. I entered into analysis when I was in my 20s. I interviewed another analyst who began when she was in her 20s. And this has helped open up this world to younger people. So I just wanted to add that. So yeah. Continue. And I, I don't think it's... it's uh, um something that's set in stone that you have to be uh, uh, of a certain age. But typically, younger people are were not interested maybe in this just yet. So I just asked you, hey, Laura, where to start? So yeah, that, that's what I've sent you, basically. And you were all immediately really uh, open and nice and, and welcoming and really intrigued, I think, as well. Like, what's going on? Right. <laughs> so we got to talking. So yeah, that, that's what happened on my side. That's what happened on your side. And I don't think you had seen that I had done an episode with Murray Stein. I didn't. No, yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> no. Back in 2015. And because this was all happening in the early spring of 2019 that mm -hmm. you and I connected. I think I put you in touch with Dr. Stein, yeah. right? You did. Yeah, that was really uh, a bit of a, uh, a surprise to us, I think, as well. Uh, we were surprised by that because you just dropped it on, on me, basically. You just said, okay, yeah, Dr. Stein, uh, I told him about this and he's really... Uh, uh, interested, enthusiastic. So here's his email and you can contact him. <laughs> and we were a bit starstruck. <laughs> oh, well, he's like that. He is a yeah. very, very kind and generous yes. man. And we all love him. So Dr. Stein and I had the idea to do an episode about that book of his. It's titled Jung's Map of the Soul, an Introduction. And I believe it was published in back in 1998. Mm -hmm. And that book in Korean, translated into Korean, was being sold on BTS's management company. Big, It yep. was called Big Hit Entertainment. They just changed their name to HYBE. 
Yeah, yeah, I still have to get used to it. I, so I it, know. It, it'll, be, it'll be big hit in my um, yes, my mind probably for a yes. long time. Mine too. <laughs> yes. Mine Hybe. too. Very unusual <laughs> name, Hybe. Hmm. And it was being sold on their website in their, they had like a little merchandise page or a little bookstore, just yep. a couple of books. Yeah, I think three books or something like that. Just a small amount, yeah. Right, right. And... So Jung's Map of the Soul was being sold on their website, and they had just announced the title of their new album. And that that's how this was all new to me, how they structure these releases, they mm -hmm. do all this teasing, and it's yep. it makes it very exciting. It really gets you looking forward to it. And all this energy builds and builds and builds before the release. And so the the title of the it actually wasn't a full length album. It was, I think they call them. Was it an EP or a mini album? Um, it was only seven I'm, tracks. Yeah, yeah. Right. I, and I don't know if it's officially a mini album. Well, that's why yeah, we, it, we were a, expecting those yeah. follow ups. Right? Exactly. So, and yeah. we'll get into that. So, it was titled "Map of the Soul Persona," and so there was all this interest in what is a persona. So yep. we did a follow-up episode just on the persona. And then Dr. Stein went through each of the seven tracks on Map of the Soul persona to look at them from, from a Jungian standpoint. Mm -hmm. What are they saying here? And that's another thing about BTS, which I hope we get into, is their lyrics. So as I said, we're here to talk about Army Help Center, and we're getting to that. Um, I wanted mm -hmm. to first lay the foundation of of why army exists and why there's there's an army help center. So there is so much activity on Twitter. So the army help center is based on Twitter and everything you and I are talking about happened on Twitter. Yep. Yeah. 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 I think, uh, um, BTS has always been uh, very active on, on Twitter or on social media. Um, they come from, well, I think it, now it's the biggest, you know, K-pop uh, company in uh, Korea. But when they began, it was a small company. So they didn't have a lot of money to do a lot of promotions. They didn't have a lot of opportunities to go on um, shows in Korea to promote their songs. So what they did is they they moved to social media and they did it themselves. So they did a lot of the work themselves on social media and on Twitter. So that's where a lot of their fans are as well, where they get to interact. Uh, they can show, you know, their, uh, they, they tweet something. And if, if they tweet something now, I think it has like a, a million or two million retweets within like, I don't know, an hour. I don't, I'm not even sure how fast it goes nowadays, but it's, it's insane how many people are just watching them on Twitter. So a lot of their fans, uh, like myself, we are, yeah, on Twitter to keep up with what they right. are uh, putting out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the BTS is very active on Twitter. And when this first started, I I hadn't heard of them. I, I didn't mm -hmm. I didn't know anything about them. So I familiarized myself, and it it coincided with, as I said, the release of their album Map of the Soul Persona, and a tour, a worldwide stadium tour, and they were coming here to the United States. And so mm -hmm. 
this all happened with you sending me the message. That was in March of 2019. And then in uh, April, now I'm losing track of time, they came to Chicago and I went to their concert. And then maybe that was in May. And then in June, you went to Paris to see yeah. that same tour. And you and I did, it's on YouTube. I was watching it yesterday. You and I did a short video interview. You were mm-hmm. outside the stadium with other members of the Army Help Center um, before the con- a few hours before the concert. And I was here in my studio where I record this podcast where I am now. And so there's a split screen. You're on one side, I'm on the other. <laughs> and it was so much fun. And I'll provide a link to that in the show notes. So how many BTS concerts have you attended? Uh, I've been to three so far. Uh, one in 2018, also in Paris. Okay. Uh, uh, and the other ones were both in 2019. I actually went both nights. So uh, I went on the day that I talked to you. And I think that was on the first night. And I went the second night as well. So on different seats, of course, in the stadium. Mm -hmm. But yeah, uh, I've been to three. And then, of course, you know, the whole pandemic uh, happened. So there have been no concerts uh, since that, uh, yeah, since that tour. Yeah, we were all planning on seeing them last year. And that was, uh, they were scheduled to be here, uh, I think, in June of 2020. And those concerts were postponed. And then, unfortunately, they were canceled. But Mm -hmm. I'm sure they will be back very soon. So when you were at that concert, and you and I did that video, you showed, uh, and you can see it in the video, you you guys had the banner, the Army Health Mm -hmm. Center banner. So tell us about that. Yeah, we, uh, of course, uh, consist of a lot of volunteers uh, and not everyone um, is actually um, answering the messages we are getting. So we do have people who work in graphic design and we have writers and we do have like uh, uh, some tech developers and, 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 you know, people with other roles than actually talking to ARMY. So, of course, to make a presence on Twitter as well. You have to have a logo. So we took the, yeah, the, the BTS and the army logo and, uh, and we made it our own. We added some, uh, wings to that, uh, because we feel like, uh, um, we are taking some, we we are sometimes taking, you know, army under our wings a little bit. And because we are providing a, a space for them where they can be themselves, where they can fend out their problems, where they can have, someone who will listen to them because that's not available to everyone everywhere. So we can do that for them. So that's why we added, yeah, some wings to uh, the logo. Uh, and we had made a flag of that uh, in the past. And, and we, are, we're, we are just dragging it around when we go to concerts. And uh, it's, it's really, um, it's, it's a nice thing because what happened is, uh, I think on both times that we went to Paris, uh, when we were dragging this flag around, was that people will recognize it from Twitter. So we've had people coming up to us and just, you know, telling us like, oh, we've seen you on Twitter. Twitter. I've been speaking to one of your volunteers and thank you so much. And it's so nice. And just, you know, getting in contact face to face with uh, people who make use of your service. And, and that's really 
uh, yeah, gratifying, I think. It gives you a good feeling uh, about what you're doing. And it's also a bit of promotion, of course, because we do want to make more people aware that we are here and what we uh, can provide them with. Um, we are, of course, not providing them with uh, therapy. We really want to uh, stray away from that a bit because that's a bridge too far for us, for what we can do. Um, but we do want to provide a safe space for them. And that's something that a lot of people need. And, and uh, so we use our flag and our logo and uh, yeah, basically all those tools to just make our presence known and to get more army to be aware that they have a place they can go to if they want to. Yeah, be aware that you exist. So let's exactly. get into that exactly what do you provide to ARMY? And and I would like to say that you've provided it to me too when I was in need. So tell us a little bit about what you do and then I'll tell my story about how you helped me. Yeah, well, we, we have, uh, like we said, we opened our DMs. Um, you know, people sometimes you need someone to just talk to, someone to confide in, someone to listen to you and uh, unfortunately not everyone has someone in their life or has opportunities to speak to someone um, there are multiple reasons why people don't uh, have that ex accessible to them um, reasons can be that they live in a country where mental health is really you know a big stick uh, you know there's a big stigma on mental health so um their parents maybe will tell them like, okay, just go to sleep. Uh, and when you wake up, you'll feel better. So uh, they will not take mental health uh, struggles seriously. And I'm mm -hmm. not saying that everyone is like, um, has a mental illness because that's of course, is not the same thing, but everyone struggles sometimes. And so everyone needs someone at some point to just confide in. If you have someone in real life, where you can just be yourself and talk to that that's you know perfect um, but not everyone has that and um, for those who just need someone anonymous as well uh, where they can confide in and tell them everything that's bothering them and everything they are struggling with um, they can just send us a direct message and we have all sorts of messages. So we do take it really seriously. We do have like a lot of training for our volunteers before they uh, are able to speak to the people reaching out to us. Um, so that that's what like my whole psychology team is for as well. Uh, so we do have a big training program for the volunteers because we feel honored that they are reaching out to us, um, that they confide in us, that they we feel proud that they trust us enough with their issues and their really private problems or struggles sometimes. So we feel like if you are taking this step to confide in us, to come to us, to open up to us, we need to take this as serious as we can. Mm -hmm. uh, but we will always make sure that all parties know that we are not their therapist because that's just a step too far for what we can do. So everyone, when we start a conversation, they everyone will know that this is not therapy. We will not provide you with solutions, but we will listen and maybe provide a different viewing point, uh, 
we do have, of course, some questions we can ask someone to get to their own uh, insights a little bit. So that's so there is we 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 did you know borrow some uh, tools from psychology and from psychologists on how we can uh, establish that with our um, yeah our followers who will reach out to us. But you know we really want to make sure that everyone knows that you know if if you really need a therapist we will definitely urge you to go find someone uh who is a bit more knowledgeable than us who has uh, more experience than some of us have or you know is in your area or who you can meet face to face but we've noticed that a lot of people came back to us and told us that coming to us was their first step because it's really scary to talk about yourself and about your own issues. Um, and maybe it's a little bit easier when you're speaking to someone who's anonymous yeah. uh, and you can hide behind your own Twitter user. So I will not know your name for sure unless you tell me. Uh, and we don't, we don't know you. We don't know where you live. Sometimes we're in a completely different country. Um, and what we all have in common, though, is that we are all army. So we always have like something to break the ice, something to start a conversation with, something to make our followers feel comfortable opening up. So we start with that and then they can talk about why they reached out to us. And sometimes they just want to lay it out <laughs> and just fend and just, you know, right. just have it written down just once because they are maybe angry about something or sad about something and that already helps them. And other times we will continue talking to them for a bit longer and uh, we will see them more often. And it really depends on what they want from us a little bit as well. Um, so yeah, that's basically what we, uh, what we do on a day to day basis and uh, we do have psychologists on our team and therapists. Uh, uh, so we, uh, our volunteers, we will learn from them and we can learn certain tricks and uh, certain uh, tools, how to make someone feel comfortable and, uh, you know, professional boundaries and, and things like that as well. Uh, without, of course, still, you know, keeping that barrier of, of making it really therapy uh, always we will always keep that barrier in place because that's really important to us. So just a few things came up uh, while I was uh, listening to mm -hmm. you just now is the topic of mental health. And I would just like to say that that term carries a lot of weight and mm -hmm. sometimes it carries a stigma. And, Definitely. Right. And so mental health or is it just taking care of yourself because we are yeah. so encouraged to push ourselves and to overachieve and mm -hmm. the AHC Twitter tweets out these reminders like drink water you know rest yep. go outside mm -hmm. and I know I need to be reminded of those things too so yeah. self-care um, isn't I just want to say, isn't a necessarily a mental health issue? No, I don't think so either. I think self-care is really important, but it contributes to your mental health. And I think uh, what I've noticed is that um, younger generations, because I'm 
I'm 38. I don't know if we've said that in the intro, but I'm 38. Um, so, uh, but we've seen younger people who are even more comfortable speaking about mental health and their mental health issues that they might have, uh, even more so than that my generation uh, is. So I'm really astonished sometimes uh, looking at them and um, seeing them open up about mental health and being aware that self-care is about your mental health as well because your mental health is just as important as your uh, as your physical health so it contributes i think it should be in balance you know yeah. uh, um, it, it contributes to your mental health to be a whole person i think uh, around yeah, I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah. uh, I think it should be in balance. And um, I'm, if we can contribute to that a little bit, just by reminding people to just that it's okay to cry sometimes, that we all have bad days. I think especially on social media, because social media does tend to be um, highlighting their successes and uh, highlighting the good days. Um, it's good to be remembered that we highlight the good days, but we don't always tell everyone about the bad days that we have as well. Uh, but everyone should remember that everyone does have bad days and it's okay to have bad days and it's okay to cry. It's okay to just not to just give up for today, but try again tomorrow. That's, that's fine. You know, it, it's, it's to not push yourself a little bit and, and to be, kind to yourself not just kind to other people but also be a little bit kinder to yourself as well i think that's what we try to uh remind everyone about as well something my analyst used to say is there's no escaping the human condition mm -hmm. and to remind people that you can't feel happy every day no or every minute of the day that's not natural and that the, the human condition is ups and downs, highs and lows, and feeling all kinds of things. And sometimes I think our feelings can scare us and we mm -hmm. don't know what to do with it. And we can't always go to our parents or our spouse or our mm -hmm. friends. And yes, I think that it is easier to speak with someone anonymously where you don't have to worry about being judged. So mm -hmm. I think it's also important um, for me to remind people of what you said about how your volunteers are trained. Mm -hmm. uh, they are not therapists, but I think that they know enough to know the signs if someone does need more one-on-one -on -one professional uh, guidance that mm -hmm. they can suggest that, recommend that, or find somebody. So. Yeah. Not everyone needs a therapist. Sometimes it's no. just life. It's not pathology. It's just life. Exactly. And I know we can all be overwhelmed by our feelings at times. And when this all began, I was completely overwhelmed by <laughs> BTS and the BTS fandom. And Carla, I've reached out to you just through Twitter DM and you've <laughs> totally <laughs> calmed me down and uh, we all get into those complexes. You know, we yeah. all do. I do. And you have this wonderful way you were sending me animated GIFs <laughs> of BTS, and it just snapped me out of it. You know, that's what happens when we're in a complex is uh, we need to, 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 to 
get snapped out of it. And, and, and that's what you did. And, and I thank you for that. So yeah, we, a lot of times, and, and I'd like to, to say this to the people who are on the other end, uh, it's not about giving advice all the time. A lot of the times it's just about listening. Exactly. Definitely. Yeah. We do try to stray away a little bit, even from giving advice. Um, I think, um, what we'd r- much rather do is listen to them, ask questions about why something is bothering them or why does it make you feel like that and have them come up with their own uh, solutions maybe a little bit. So uh, instead of us you know, giving them the advice, we can steer them sometimes in, in like a little bit of a direction, you know, help them a little bit on their way. Uh, but we definitely try to encourage uh, our followers and the people who message us to uh, come up with their own uh, solutions a little bit. So maybe be their own therapist a bit. Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't, I'm, it's an exaggeration, of course, but um, listening is sometimes enough for people. And, right. and we are really um inspired by this quote of like from one of the bts members uh nam june um because he said in uh, one of the ending speeches on a previous tour one i wasn't there for because i wasn't an army then but he said if we could reduce your pain from 100 to a 99 a 98 or just 97 then our existence is worth it and we've really taken that to heart because that's what we try to do because we cannot take away all your pain. We cannot solve all your problems. We cannot make it all sunshine and puppies uh, by just listening to you, but maybe we can make it a bit better by just being there and listening to someone uh, and offering that safe space. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And I would like to talk about BTS's lyrics. You you mentioned Nam June and something mm-hmm. he said uh, at the concert. And I get asked a lot, do you really like their music? The answer is yes, I mm-hmm. love their music. And I think I've mentioned, I know I've mentioned this before that uh, when this all started with Dr. Stein's book, Jung's Map of the Soul, and I didn't know, know who BTS was, um, about a month later, they came here to the United States and they did a media tour where they were on television a lot. And they were on uh, CBS This Morning mm-hmm. and who did a, a really nice uh, segment on them. And then they were the musical performers on Saturday Night Live. And mm-hmm. that's where they really got me. Those two performances that they did live I think it was in April of 2019, and I'll provide links to the videos on YouTube on Saturday Night Live's uh, official YouTube channel. They have both performances. They performed their new single at the time, Boy With Love, and then they did Mic Drop. Mm -hmm. And I absolutely fell in love with them just based on those two, two performances. I was so impressed. They are so talented. Uh, not just musically, but dancing. They're mm-hmm. incredible dan- dancers. And sorry, there's sirens going by. I apologize. <laughs> I live in Chicago and I have a soundproof window <laughs> and you can still hear it. Wow. So, uh, okay, we should let those go by. 
Yeah, <laughs> I'm hearing them. <laughs> There's always some crisis going on out there. Delivery vehicles, <laughs> cranes, trucks. Okay. So Saturday Night Live performances, yes. And then some of their mu music videos have absolutely blown me away. And I, in fact, Dr. Stein called one of them biblical. And it was the one they did, they did two versions. It was for On. The first video that they released for their single On, which was the lead single from Map of the Soul 7, was mm -hmm. dancing in front of this concrete dam. Yeah, it was in, in the United States, I think. I think it's in, L in L.A., uh, where they recorded that, it was with uh, a dance group from the United States as well. Mm -hmm. And then they made a follow-up music video that was na a narrative. And that's the one Dr. Stein called Biblical. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm so impressed by their creative team. Always their wardrobe, their makeup, their yeah. jewelry. They're just visually stunning. They're stunningly beautiful. And I love that. Now, that's not going to appeal to everybody, but it mm -hmm. definitely appeals to me. And I I adore them. So let's talk about their lyrics and how they are in Korean. Now, mm -hmm. last year, they released their first single that was completely in English. It's called Dynamite. And that is the song that was nominated for a Grammy Award. Mm -hmm. Their new single that's coming out later this month, Butter, is going to be entirely in English as well. And I would like to give a shout out to the translators. Without them, we could I couldn't do what I do, uh, who translate the Korean uh, lyrics yeah, into English. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So what, what would you like to say about their lyrics? Well, there are a lot of different lyrics, of course, uh, that we could dive into, uh, but um, it's what attracts most of ARMY, I think to BTS. Um, I myself, I have, I was not someone who was listening to K-pop. I wasn't aware of the whole BTS thing. I, I became an ARMY in 2017. Uh, it was new to me. I just happened upon them on Twitter or Instagram, I think, uh, where a DJ uh, I was following, he retweeted uh, or he posted a picture, I think it was on Instagram, uh, with them. And I saw all the messages under that picture mm -hmm. and it was crazy, like, you know, Army does. Uh, we it was we Steve tend to Aoki, become wasn't it? Steve Aoki, definitely. Oh, so yeah. I just want to uh, interject this. Steve Aoki's version of Mic Drop, the BTS song Mic Drop, mm -hmm. and that video is outrageous. I love it. Uh, definitely. I could yeah. listen so, to that song all day. That's what pulled me in uh, into being an army. So I was following him, and, uh, and and he posted that picture. And first, I thought there were a lot of people in that uh, picture because I thought, my God, there are seven of them. That's <laughs> right. a lot. Who are who even are these people? <laughs> right. And people were going nuts in the comments, and I was like, what's happening? So I got <laughs> intrigued. So I started to go to YouTube and just try and find out what was going on. Now I could have left it at that. Um, I could have just, okay, these are like seven talented people from mm -hmm. Korea. I don't understand what they're singing, but, you know, have fun with that. <laughs> right, right. But 
there's something that pulled me into no more i wanted to know who is who uh, i just like a lot of army will tell you when how they became an army we just wanted to know their names so and then you'll watch more videos and you'll try to find out okay what are they singing about so even though they initially pull in a lot of army by the visual things like what you said as well people stay before their lyrics i think so uh, there are a lot of lyrics that we could get into, but there are definitely some lyrics uh, that write um, and where they speak uh, openly about mental health as well, um, which is, well, I think uh, a groundbreaking for an Asian uh, country to be so open about their own mental health um, issues they've had and uh, to be so vocal about that that's really uh, inspiring so um, one of the songs that uh, is for example that's uh, what Min Yoongi he's one of the rappers of BTS uh, to the people not familiar with BTS uh, a lot of the now every rapper within uh, BTS there are three they released their own solo work as well so they had their own solo albums as well uh, and he um, had a mixtape called uh, August D and he wrote a song uh, called The Last and he really openly wrote about his depression and his compulsions and you know some anxiety that he had and, and he really openly wrote about that and when you learn about that that it's about something that he's not that they're not just you know um, yeah, shaking their ass on the right, TV, right. <laughs> you know that it's not just you know what what a lot of rappers are 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 uh, making music about that it's not just that that it's a bit sub- more substantial about um, you know mental health, which of course appeals to us as Army Help Center a lot, but about mental health, but also societal critiques. Uh, towards uh, the Korean government sometimes, you know, things they write about that as well and that it's really about something. And, of course, the whole albums, I mean, Dr. Stein wrote <laughs> another four books about it, uh, going into, like, the lyrics of the songs as well and how that connects to Jungian uh, uh, theory as well. So, you know, uh, they really have substance. Uh, and to us... You know, it, it really speaks to us that it's about something. I've always personally been interested in music that's uh, socially aware, mm-hmm. that's, you know, that's about something. Of course, I do listen, you know, on the radio to other music as well. It doesn't have to be deep and, uh, you know, meaningful all the time. But I really do appreciate it when it when it is about something. And the funny thing with BTS sometimes is that um, if you would just listen to the music and the melody and the rhythm of the song, you would think sometimes that it's like a happy, happy song. But then when you look into the, in the, into the lyrics (laughs) and it's completely the opposite of that. And I think that's so interesting how they do that. So I don't know if you've ever uh, looked up the lyrics for the song, uh, Go, Go. No, I haven't. Oh, I will send it to you after. And and if you listen to that song, it's like really, uh, really happy and really uh, 
uh, funny. And if you see them dancing, it's like, you know, you think, oh, I could do this dance. It's really uh, funny. But it goes, uh, it's about people just throwing away their money uh, and uh, criticism of materialism. And, uh, you know, uh, even though it sounds like a party song, it's just, uh, yeah, it's really a critique of the materialism of the society of today. Mm -hmm. So, like, people are just throwing away their money on parties and, you know, and stuff like that. And that's so funny because if you just listen to it and you don't understand Korean, you wouldn't have never guessed that, that that was that's what what it's about. I will send you the link to uh, the lyrics later as well. And which album is that from? Um, I think it's on BTS Love Yourself Answer. Okay. But I could be wrong. But I will uh, look that up. Another thing that hooked me, and I know Dr. Stein as well, is the speech that RM gave at the United Nations we were both so moved by that. And that was mm-hmm. when we, the both of us uh, came on board, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so are you familiar with that? I'm sure you are. Yes, I've, I've seen it. I've, I've uh, tuned in live when he they were there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, because and that was in 2018, I think September. And uh, I know a lot of people tuned in to just, you know, be motherly proud a little bit on them being there mm-hmm. uh, delivering this speech. And I actually have like a part of that speech as my uh, screensaver on my computer as well. Uh, and, and those are like um, the words where he said, maybe I made uh, a mistake yesterday. Uh, hold on, let me see what it is. Yeah, maybe I made a mistake yesterday, but yesterday's me is still me. I am who I am today with all my faults. Tomorrow I might be a tiny bit wiser, and that's me too. These faults and mistakes are what I am, making up the brightest starts in the constellation of my life. So those that's my screensaver, just to remind myself that even if I make mistakes today, uh, you know, it, it all contributes to the painting that that's me and uh and really it inspires uh yeah inspires me this speech that he wrote mm-hmm. and yeah so proud <laughs> so proud and uh so carla is referring to rm that's his stage name his real mm-hmm. name is kim nam Joon, and he is the the spokesperson since there are seven members in bts They have one spokesperson and he speaks fluent English. I know the Uh other members are learning English. And and when I hear them speak English, they're, uh, I'm so proud that Mm -hmm. that they would do that, that they they, they don't have to, but that they would go through the effort of learning English. And uh, so RM delivered that speech to the UN because because he was the one at the time, uh, the only one of them that spoke fluent English. Uh-huh. So uh, I'm glad that you said what you said about their lyrics and how important they are. And I was a little concerned because um, what I'm going to say might be a little controversial, and I, I mean no disrespect by it, but I know very much that they wanted to be nominated for a Grammy Award because they uh-huh. presented at the Grammys um, one year. I think that was in 2000. 18 and then in no it was 2019 and 19. then in 2020 they performed but not 
as BTS, they perform no, backup. But Lil Nas X, yeah. Yes, because RM uh, was part of that song. Uh, that mm-hmm. was uh, Old Town Road that was nominated for a Grammy. He sang a part of that song. and But the whole group did perform backup. And then mm-hmm. this year's Grammy, 2021, they were nominated and they did perform. As I mm-hmm. said, it was an English language song. Uh, but I don't think that song was very representative of nope. their their deep lyrics with no. with messages it was a very light kind of poppy dance song yeah so the whole world was exposed to that and i don't believe that that song is representative of 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 everything that they are so i hope that no, I, I agree no yeah i agree with that uh personally and this is my personal opinion i feel like if we have to like nominate a song for the Grammys, I much rather have, for example, Black Swan to be that song mm-hmm. to be nominated for the Grammys. But unfortunately, it is what it is. Um, this is the song uh, they did submit the whole album, so I think it's a lot is on like uh, uh, the Grammys. They, I think, they pick one of the songs of it, and of course, this is a song that was widespread uh, on the radio. It was well played because uh, not a lot of BTS music in Korean gets a lot of radio play, and right. this was in English, so it did get more radio play. Um, so, but even though it's like a, a, a fun song, and they wrote it for Army, they did uh, like the whole album of B. They did that for Army to make it like comforting to their fans because of the whole pandemic that's happening, um, and people are affected by that so they wanted to comfort and uplift uh, army a little bit so that's why they made that album and that's also why dynamite came out and it's a happy song uh it's a it's a fun song but it's not in my opinion the lyrical genius that they present in other songs yes great way to uh describe it lyrical genius uh, indeed so for me bts covers so much uh, i i often point out how beautiful they are how talented mm-hmm. they are uh, vocally and as dancers and also as lyricists and they they share their lives with us they have mm-hmm. a i don't know what to call it a a reality show a so it's yeah. kind of like a game show too. It's called Run <laughs> yeah. BTS and it comes mm-hmm. out every Tuesday and anybody could watch it for free on the V Live app. Uh, I think mm-hmm. it's also on the Weverse app. Mm-hmm. There's also content you can purchase and I've purchased a lot of it. There are <laughs> documentary films, yeah, uh, behind the scenes of their concerts and they have cameras in their hotel rooms and and backstage and it's just wonderful to watch them and their creative process and how they they all seem to get along with each other and they uh they don't show anybody else um it's just them their their managers and their support staff they usually have blurred faces and so they it really focuses on bts and army gets to watch all this content and it can be overwhelming at times because it seems like there's new content coming out every day and that's where the army help center 
can come in and yep. and just help manage your stress. Yeah, and it's also I think really important to remember as army that you don't have to watch everything because there is content coming out every other day almost. They are producing a lot of music or they're maybe on a new song with someone else or they're uh, doing this or they're doing that and um it's okay if you if you miss something it's okay to not It'll be, be updated all the time because there's there's so much and uh, it it will just be there and maybe you know you'll you'll have time to catch up but it, you don't even have to catch up uh, if you I, I mean everyone has their own lives as well so it's right. really important to remember that because i know that when i became an army i i found it overwhelming a little bit as well it's like okay where to start because mm -hmm. there was so much and you know you, you want to see everything you want to know everything but that's impossible i don't think i've I, I i've personally been haven't been keeping up with run bts lately uh because of you know life and right. uh uh, I am a mother, <laughs> so my children, and uh, they come first, of course. And, they, of course, Army Health Center takes a lot of my time as well. But I do also work. I mean, of course, it's from home right now. but So that cuts some uh, uh, travel time. So I, I would have some more time uh, <laughs> to spend on Run right. BTS. But it's it's okay. And, you know, you have to be a little bit forgiving to yourself. It's, it won't make you less of an army if you're not updated all mm -hmm. the time. Uh, so yeah, I think that's really important, uh, especially for new army, uh, to understand because you might feel a need to be updated about everything all the time. And that's just so much. It is yeah. a lot. And I just want to say there is a Twitter account that I follow. Um, it's, it's called Ray. I'll provide a link to it in the description. I don't know the Twitter name, but this army gives a recap every day what you missed or what happened this day. And sometimes it takes two or three tweets to go through everything. Yeah. So I, I look at that every day to see what happened, what content came out uh -huh. and the content doesn't disappear. So if you fall behind on run episodes or YouTube videos or tweets, they're always there for you to look at. And uh, I want I want to stress that uh, just like you did um, because it can be overwhelming. And uh -huh. as far as where to start, you can just start anywhere. And if yep. you find something that you're interested in, you could check back for previous episodes, yeah. previous videos, previous tweets. They're all there, and uh -huh. there definitely I do get asked this question. Um, about the dark side of K-pop. And uh -huh. I would just like to say, yes, of course, K-pop has a dark side, just like everything else. Exactly. There's always another side to everything and everyone. Uh -huh. So a dark side is not limited to K-pop. The NFL nope. has a dark side. The Catholic Church has a dark side. The Jungian community has a dark side. I have a dark side. So we're not here to talk about the dark side of K-pop. Yes, it exists. We're not ignoring it. We're just choosing not to discuss it. Uh, I'm sure mm -hmm. there's other people that would be willing to discuss it with you. We're not going to cover it. We mm -hmm. recognize that it's there. 
Exactly. I think it's it's important to know that it is there. Uh, but like you said, it's not limited to uh, um, to the K-pop world. And uh, unfortunately, that is a narrative that we sometimes see in in media uh, because you know things happen and they get uh, highlighted in the media, and it's immediately oh the dark side of K-pop. And um, I think it has a lot to do with it being un familiar for western countries like right. this is an eastern country uh, uh, so they are uh it's easy to draw conclusions off of one uh situation and make it immediately about the whole industry and th- there are downsides there are sure uh, dark sides and uh i'm I mean, it must be immense pressure to do what these guys do as well. Uh, I would not want to, you know, trade lives with them uh, and have my life in the public eye like they are. It must be a lot of stress. So what, uh, you know, what astounds me is that um, they seem at least, because of course I don't know them personally, Mm -hmm. but the way you know they show themselves to us in all their content and they show a lot of glimpses behind the scenes is that they seem to have a good support system in place yeah. in their company uh, where they can openly talk about their their issues and their things that are bothering them and that they have to support they must have that because otherwise i don't think they would be um at this point if they didn't have like a good support system in place, and 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 they seem still they still seem so humble, and so um, they really do. They really do. Yeah. Also, you know, um, they are not afraid to be vulnerable, and I think that's really uh, really important to mm-hmm. show the world uh, um, because again, they are not ignoring like their dark. Parts. And of course, they touch upon that, of course, in their, uh, you know, their songs a little bit as well, uh, which, of course, you've gone over with uh, Dr. Stein in another episode uh, where they do talk about like the shadow and, and, you know, and about the darker parts of which is, you know, of their lives, which is also a part of their life. And I think right. that's uh, it, it's good to not ignore it, but it's also you know, not something uh, we're going to highlight now. <laughs> well, is there anything else you'd like to cover here today before we wrap up? I think you had a question on Twitter. Yes. Yeah, so Twitter questions. Uh, we did get this from Dr. Melissa W. She asks, I am curious about what area of Jung most army ask the army help center about. She says, I am a Jungian analyst and I'm having more and more people in their 20s interested in analysis. Yeah, we actually don't uh, get a lot of questions uh, to yeah geared towards us about Jung. Um, we did do like a sort of a short introduction about who is Carl Jung. Uh, but when people reach out to us, it's m- most of the time it's more about things they are struggling with. Uh, so currently, of course, the pandemic is a big subject people are, you know, talking about because the situation is so different in a lot of countries. In my country, we are starting to lower 
the restrictions so we can get out a bit more. But, you know, our followers from around the world, so they are from India, where the situation is devastating at the moment. And a lot of other countries, it's really terrible as well. So we have things, we have, you know, more questions and more uh, stories about things that directly uh, affect our followers at that point. Um, But, you know, who knows? Maybe if we do get more uh, questions about it, we will probably redirect them to someone who's more knowledgeable uh, uh, than us because we are not uh, analysts. Um, So we are still, you know, learning about this. We are just listening to your podcast, you know, and reading, of course, the books by Dr. Stein, uh, personally taught me a lot uh, uh, about the subject but it will not give me enough knowledge to answer questions from army about those subjects i think so we would probably yeah probably redirect them to someone else who is uh, more qualified sure yeah. yeah and i would like to add here that as a follow-up to Dr. Stein's book, Jung's Map of the Soul, An Introduction, even though the subtitle of that book is An Introduction, it is still a very heavy book. And I do mm-hmm. recommend it, but not if you are young or brand new to Jung. So what Dr. Stein did uh, with Chiron Publications, which mm-hmm. he actually started that publishing company long time ago. And then when he moved to Switzerland, he sold it to two psychiatrists in Asheville, uh-huh. North Carolina, doctors Stephen Buser and Leonard Cruz. I've had them on the podcast as well. Yeah. But what they did is they created a series of small paperback books called Map of the Soul. And volume one is Map of the Soul Persona, Our Many Faces. Volume two is Map of the Soul Shadow, Our Hidden Self. Volume three is Map of the Soul Ego, I Am. And then volume four is a compilation of all three titled Map of the Soul 7, Persona, Shadow, and Ego in the World of BTS. You can find links to all of those books on Speaking of Jung's page, uh, BTS page. It's a special page. If you go to speakingofjung.com, at the top of the page, you'll see the menu uh, that's across uh, horizontally across the top. It says home, about, archive, blog, books, and then BTS. Click on BTS and you'll find links to all seven episodes that I've done with Dr. Stein and then all of the books as well. So another thing I want to mention is that we give away a free book every Friday on Twitter on through my Twitter account, Jungi and Laura. It's not always a BTS book, but I try to give away a BTS book at least once a month. And this week we'll be giving away Map of the Soul 7, Persona, Shadow, and Ego in the World of BTS. And how it works is a tweet will be posted on Thursday afternoon, Chicago time, and it will provide the instructions, which is to follow me and Chiron Publications on Twitter and to just retweet the tweet. And Mm -hmm. then on Friday, so that comes out on Thursday, and then on Friday, I use a random number generator to generate a number and then that retweet, so say it comes up with number 57. So I go through all the retweets and I look for retweet number 57 
that person's the winner. This is open to addresses worldwide. We now ship worldwide. And so you will receive a copy of the book. I'd like for you, Carla, to tell us about your presence on Twitter and how people can find you and the Army Help Center. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, so if you want to send us a message just to uh, fan out and you're speaking English, I think you could find us at at BTS underscore AHC. Uh, if you have like suggestions for projects we could do, or if you are in the media and want to talk to us, uh, we do have a separate account for that because we don't want to um, clutter up our uh, inbox on the other account. So that's BTS underscore AHC underscore project. So that's a different uh, account. And we, of course, have a lot of other uh Accounts, like we said, we have 20 official accounts, but I'm assuming uh, everyone who's listening to this uh, is speaking English. Um, so uh, that would be the, uh, the two go-to accounts, I think. And uh, yeah, to just uh, reach us at Army Health Center. And for those who are not fluent in English, I, I've gotten a lot of criticism about that. Uh, It's just me here doing this podcast and I don't have a staff and I have had some volunteers translate some of the episodes I've done with Dr. Stein Uh into other languages. Uh, They've transcribed and translated episodes 42, 44, 53, and 77. Again, there are links on Speaking of Jung's BTS page. And if anyone does want to translate this episode or any of the others, please write to me first. You can find me on Twitter at JungianLaura, and I will be happy to discuss that with you. So I was wondering if there's anything else we haven't covered. I think we've covered a lot already. We have. We have. I mean, we could talk for hours and hours, I know. I mean, but that's just, <laughs> I, know. I think, yeah, I, it, I think just think it's really important to uh, understand that there is still a stigma on mental health, that BTS is, you know, talking uh, about mental health and breaking a little bit of the stigma around it, especially in Asian countries. Uh, and a lot of people are getting inspired by that. Uh, and they always... You know, ARMY always uh, says that BTS will find you uh, when you need them. So it, it, it will be at a time uh, which is, you know, uh, at, at your time. They will find you at your time. They, you, you will not seek them out most likely, but they will find you one way or another. You will just stumble upon them, just like with you, Laura. You never yes. thought to seek them out. Uh, it just happened upon you. It's the same with me. I was never intending to be a fan of a boy group from Korea at 38. I didn't think that was something I was going to do. Uh, I thought, you know, that was behind me. Uh, but there are a lot of ages within the army fandom, a lot of genders within the army fandom, a lot of religions. So it's not limited to yes. someone in, you know, uh, it, it, there's not a mold to be an army. Uh, you don't have to be this or that to become an army. Uh, 
but you know we 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 just see like a lot of people from uh, around the world with uh, so different backgrounds and within my own volunteers as well uh, i think we have all major religions represented within army help center uh we have uh you know a lot of our volunteers who are now um celebrating uh, you know ramadan uh so we have to take care of their accounts a bit more and then you know when it's christmas time you know they will step up a bit more and it's a really symbiotic relationship i think where we are all from such different backgrounds and you know uh, things you maybe people you wouldn't uh put in a, the same room if it wasn't for bts right. but we all have something that connects us something we all are really enthusiastic about and something we can find within bts that helps people and maybe comforts them or give them joy you know just listening to their music if it gives you joy that's already you know good i mean you should you don't always have to read all the lyrics and go deep with all the intent that's behind it you can also enjoy their music if that's something that you're looking for great point so yeah great point and and it's free too you can listen to it on youtube for free you can stream yep. it on spotify for free exactly okay thank you so much for joining us today carla thank you for having me please visit the website speaking of young that's J-U-N-G dot com for more information on everything that was discussed in this episode. There you will also find all of the previous episodes of this podcast, which are available to stream or to download for free. This episode is also available on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music. And it will be available later in the week on our YouTube channel, Jungian and Laura. You can also listen to this episode on your Amazon Echo device simply by saying, Alexa, play Speaking of Jung on Apple Podcasts. Just be sure to pronounce Jung with a hard J. So with special thanks to Dr. Murray Stein, Dr. Stephen Buser, Jennifer Fitzgerald at Chiron Publications, Liz Jefferson at Inner City Books, to the entire BTS Army, and to Kim Nam June. Kim Suk Jin, Min Yoon Gi, Jung Ho Suk, Park Jimin, Kim Tae Young, John Jung Kook, BTS. I'm Laura London, and you've been listening to a very special quarantine edition of Speaking of Young. Or, 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 or